Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basar, and today is episode... 95 and we've got a special two for today back on the show is jake abraham uh also known as chef abraham from sticky ipsy and uh john laskowski from bullet buds thanks for being on the show guys thanks for having us us, man yeah um uh as with us as always kevin over at true cannabis uh holding it down in lansing as well what's happening kevin not much, man. I was finally uh, relieved to see a little break in the rain. You know, it sounds like we're getting some good weather coming here. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Just a uh, busy week and trying to pull things together. And uh, just glad to have uh, Jake and John on the show and and uh, looking to uh, looking to learn some more about John. I know, I know Jake a little bit better than I know John. So this should be fun. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So um, uh, those uh, avid watchers of the show, Jake, Jake has been on, on the show before and you know, I had uh, known about Sticky for a long time, uh, and then um, I kind of learned. Uh, you know, uh, Jake came, uh, came on board, and and I watched, and you know, like I know their sales really took off. And uh, first met Jake back in my old office before I was really launching Redemption, and had seen him at some association events, and always got along. And uh, he came up, came over, and smoked, and. Uh, um, was one of my first uh, the first stores I was ever in, and has been a, a long time supporter of the Redemption Foundation. Um, donated himself as a chef, as you hear from his background, um, for it. And John was there; that was a blast. Uh, quite a, that was a, a great time. And then um, you know, it's just been a great, great supporter of Redemption and one of the uh, you know leading retailers and retail minds in the state. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with Jake and hearing about uh, what's changed since uh, last time he's been on the show. Uh, and then um, um, I'm going to introduce John here. And then uh, why don't you guys after that, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, and, and what led you to get into cannabis. But I met John. John was a, is a, is a client of, uh, you know, like once again, Covert Law Firm and, and James McGill. And uh, James is like, hey, you got to talk to these uh, these guys up there in Bay City. And uh, I went up and uh um, you know, I think uh, they were trying to smoke me out of the building, and I and I held my own pretty well. So uh, we got along great after that. And um, you know, John's uh, um, got great flower. Uh, I'm interested to hear about him and the way I know how he keeps his overhead down and there and the way he does his business, which is huge right now, obviously, to be able to continue to thrive and survive. So. Um, from the get-go, you were like that, and uh, you know, always a, a big supporter of the foundation as well, and a grower of, of, of fine cannabis. And I know you have a, a close-knit relationship with Sticky, so whatever you want to talk about that as well is uh, it's cool. It's a way for uh, you know part of the business market in Michigan for the people that are going to make it forward. So, thanks guys for being on the show, um, Jake. Why don't you introduce yourself first, and then uh, John, and then we'll we'll get into Reggae Fest. Yeah, no, no worries, man. I'll go quick since I've been on the show. Just restaurant, <laughs> born and raised. Uh, love being a chef, but never paid enough, so I always sold weed on the side. And then when it came time and legalization came, it was nice to finally be able to do this for a living. And the hospitality world has kind of really set me up for the 
uh, dispensary world because we are retail hospitality. Uh, Sticky's our brand. Uh, right now we have current stores in Salania and Battle Creek. We just opened up a new one in Bay Area. It's actually in Cockallen. So, but Sticky Barrier is now open. It's about two weeks old. And uh, we're pushing forward with uh, a store in Muskegon and a store in River Route. We're just waiting on our state government to politely stamp our applications past and let us pay our money. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to turn it over to John because he's got a great history. And he, he is, when I first met John, I met him through you, Ryan, actually. And yep. I mean, we just, yeah. me and my whole staff were so enthralled with all of his weed and just his business plan and the way he does everything that. I, I kind of locked him down early. I was like that girlfriend that sunk my closet in. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to And so, yeah, yeah now uh, we feature Bullet Buds exclusively in all our stores. And uh, th I think that kind of separates yeah, us. Yeah, for over a year. Yeah, no, he's got the right strains and everything. So if you want Bullet Buds, you got to come to Stickies to get it. But uh, go for it, John. I'm, I can talk to you. Uh, I'm John. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm kind of the sidekick today to Batman. Uh, but <laughs> I come from corporate America. I'm a mechanic by trade. I fixed cars for like 10 years and then I went to work for Snap-on Tools. I worked for them for 12 years. I uh, was a sales manager for the state of Michigan. I managed like 30 of those big white trucks everybody sees riding around that say Snap-on on the side. Uh, got involved with medical marijuana at that point early on in my career with Snap-on because I had a lot of, I was young, I was 21. But I had a lot of old guys that I worked with, no offense to the older gentlemen, but they were my father's age, so in their 50s. And a lot of them had ailments and things, and, and my family's always been big into cannabis, so I pitched them all on medical cards, and a lot of them went and got them for their wives. Like I had three patients that were my coworkers' wives, uh, and I seen the real effects of medical marijuana and how it would uh, solve people's problems. Uh, my one specific patient i won't say her name but she had a brain aneurysm and when they got done putting the valve in the back of her neck to drain all the the fluid into her spinal column she would suffer these severe face pains in the middle of the night and they would give her like everybody opiates right that's what they prescribe and that would take up to an hour to take effect so here's this poor woman suffering while she's waiting for the medicine that they gave her to take effect and i gave her a couple joints at a uh, work event uh, I told her to smoke a little bit when she woke up. Uh, the next day, her husband called me and said, you know, she had suffered an event that night. She took a couple puffs and she was back to bed within 10 minutes. So that showed me how well and how powerful this stuff can be in the medical field. So it just kind of solidified how I felt about the products and the, uh, the, the, the effects and what it can do. So it, it just, I progressed from there. Uh, my dad, we have a, we own property in Bangor. Bangor was one of the green miles, I guess. It was one of the first counties to really take a hold of the whole the whole thing. And uh, he called me one day when I was working corporate and said he wanted me to be a be a pot grower for him, help him get growing marijuana for legally. And it, the rest is history. It took me a year to build out the building myself with a couple guys. Uh, so that's where it started on doing it on the cheap. And from there, it kind of progressed. Uh, we run. At this point, we're licensed for 3,000 plants. I have one building full of 1,000, and the other building is my AU building for 2,000. It's starting to fill. And we operate with, uh, on average, about six guys. So that's harvesting, that's day-to-day -day operations, that's everything. So I have next to nothing for overhead, uh, and that's how I like to operate. It keeps quality and everything in proper. Oh, that's, that's great. Now, looking back on it, um, you know, 
we met early on uh, and uh, right when you were getting going, John, and, you know, I was going around the state and you see all these grows with, you know, the Taj Mahals of offices and just wild stuff. And then you talk to people like, uh, like, yeah, like, uh, like you and Kevin, you know, uh, Drew, like some of these guys were in closets, you know, like that was their office, you know, so it's just. That we built out, (laughs) we had to pass med standards. So it wasn't like it was just happen overnight, but right you did it as best as you could yeah so no that's great i mean the, the fact that you were able to do all that with your own your own labor um you know that that pays huge dividends because of all the uh the high interest loans that people have taken out to get there so that's 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 one thing i you know love about michigan is stories like this where the the little guy that gives you know does everything himself and puts on all the effort and uh, you know is better at it than the the big guys uh, can still uh, you know survive and thrive so let's uh, let's keep that going um, so but wanted to talk about uh, reggae fest uh, this weekend uh, down in Ypsilanti Ypsilanti uh, of course Sticky's <laughs> Sticky's a big uh, supporter of anything going on in Ypsilanti and. Uh, um, you know, the Redemption crew is down there. Thank you for having us. And there's another successful event in, in the event world in cannabis. And uh, so, Jake, how'd it go? Tell us about leading up to it. And, and, and what does it take to do do an event like this? Oh, man, it takes work. Number one, it takes lots of work. Uh, you need help from Mother Nature. Uh, I think the weather hurt us a little bit. The turnout was good. It was really good. But if it was sunny and 75, it would have been jam-packed because it really was a good show. It was a good setup. The park in Ypsilanti that we use, they do the beer guild there. And this is our second event in that same park. It's just a beautiful park for events. It's right down the river, the Huron River. Uh, Kaimani Marley was amazing. Uh, he was like any artist. He came on a little bit late, so it got cold. But he did play a full set. I think he went a little longer than he was supposed to. But uh, I thought everyone did a good job, all the vendors that were there. Um, yeah, I think they're, go- I think they're only going to get better and better. I mean, this is the first year they've really been doing it. It's the second one we've done at Ypsilanti, and I thought from the first one to the second one, it was way better. And so we're going to do Canada Jam again uh, nice. for a year or two. So uh, I, I expect that to be even better. Um, by then, hopefully we'll have our food trucks set up, and <laughs> we run the right deals. And, I mean, you're not really there to make money. We make way more money in the store because, trust me, people are coming to the store to buy ounces and 70 cartridges. Uh, at concerts, I mean, you're really not there to make money. You're just there to more to have fun and be part of the culture and have, and I mean, that's what Sticky's been all along. So how could we miss it? That was yeah. Kaimani Marley. It was Bob Marley's kid. It was awesome. I missed and it. Uh, uh, man, that, you know, like what really struck me that first one uh, at Canada Jam, and I'm sure it's the way, you know, when you normally go to a concert or a ball game, you're like, you're, you're in there and now beer is three times the cost and food's expensive, but man, not at the, not at the, you know, the cannabis events there, you guys are, you know, there's different, there's different vendors and they're, everyone's running crazy deals. And it's just a great, it's a great actually, you know, place to get deals on cannabis too. So I thought that was a, Oh, we did. We wanted, we figured it was cannabis, but we wanted the whole place smoke. So one customer, one per customer, we sold you five full gram joints for 10 bucks because we figure, Hey, We'll give that to you. We'll give it to the community. We'll give it to the event because we do, man. Everyone should have been smoking. I think they were, and I think, yeah, it just helps. <laughs> it helps. That's a, that's awesome. You got it. I know you said you, you mentioned Canada Jam um, uh, as well. Any anything else um, planning? Uh, we are on, doing on the event Spark in the Park. We're signed up for. I think they're uh, they had a little trouble with their venues. The municipalities 
They're still uh, a little squeamish, and I think they pulled out on us in the last minute because they were a little squeamish about having marijuana outdoor event in Hazel Park. So uh, I, they got a couple of venues they're looking at, and uh, Spark of the Park should be going on in October, and that's with Bhutan Clan. So, of course, we had to jump in there. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wednesday. I mean, weed and music, man, they go together. Yeah. Yep. That, that's incredible. So... Um, you know, last time you were on, it's shoot, look back, it's been it's been a while, you know, it's been about seven, eight, nine months. A lot's changed in the in the cannabis market. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I do, man. Yeah. 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 So what's what what's your your your, your both your guys' you know, like five hundred foot view from the sky take on it and maybe we get into a little more details and predictions of this coming winter and maybe the great purge that's gonna yeah, happen in my um what is my take <laughs> on the market as a grower? Um uh, yeah I think this my my take is this we're scaling for the big the big deal, right? That's what's happening here is everybody's scaling for when legalization becomes legalization. Uh, but adopters can't come on until that happens. So I'm, we're seeing this, I think, a flooding because of that and the over a licensor. I mean, I think there's far too many plants licensed in the state for what where consumption is at this point. Like, it's just crazy. Two years ago when I started, the the bottom price on flour was, what, $2,500? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get 2500 now and you're like... You're good. I mean, you can still get 25, but, but I mean, you like, got to be 25 to 30%. Yeah. And you got to have beautiful stuff and it's got to yeah. sell. Yeah, but that's yeah. the top of the line now. Well, you also have guys selling their commercial weed for 25 to 30%. And you get it for 600. Exactly. You got craft so, and you have commercial. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, that's sometimes pre remediated and depends on who tests it too. <laughs> who knows? Right. You don't yeah. know anything anymore, right? Yeah, well, testing, right. with any testing, there's always faulty. I mean, they're doing random batch sampling from, I mean, if you really break down the process and look at everything, the testing is, I mean, yeah, it's good to know the potency of everything, but as soon as it hits dispensary's doors, I mean, it gets who touched, knows it who gets moved it around. It, yeah, that, man. Yeah. Fix his nose and then wash his hands. <laughs> well, well, that's the same for it, for it sitting at the grow for nine months. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, what happens in that nine months? I mean, it's what things are happening. Transport. You once we it leaves our facilities, Kevin. It's in transport's hand. They sometimes store for three days off site. What does their facility look like inside? Is for it sure. There's for a sure. million variables. I mean, the reality is, once you spark that flower up and you burn it, yeah. we're good. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little down on I think testing killed marijuana for me. I miss the yeah. good old days. I mean, I don't know. It's just like everyone tries to cut it, dry it, hang it, get it to market quick as possible. My brand name is Sticky. Guess what? We doesn't even sticky anymore. I'm it's so out. dry that <laughs> it's just testing really kind of because it, it is an art form. Anyone who knows and loves and grown cannabis, like the, the art form is in the cure. Anybody can grow weed. The, the hard part's curing it and making it taste. But like Kevin said, it it's about sticky. when it has to sit because sometimes yeah. this stuff sits. If it's too sticky, then it's going to definitely mold. mold. Yeah, 100%. You've got to be able to turn it then. So then it's it's a game. I mean, it's yeah. vertically it's, integration is the way to be because you can control more how quick it moves. Like we're pretty much. Yeah, we got it we're down vert- right yeah. now. After, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get it to him. He knows. So my flower doesn't sit long, but for big places, that's. Yeah, no, and as far as pricing, it's really sad. I mean, I think that the, I think they sold a pipe dream to everybody, and they gave yeah. out way too many licenses. 
and now the big guys they i think the big guys kind of lobbied so they didn't have a state minimum or pricing or anything i'm a liquor restaurant guy man i don't know why there weren't state minimums put into place it protects licensees it protects uh tax money it protects everybody but guess what i don't think the big guys wanted that because i think they planned on undercutting everybody until they put you guys out of business and i think i think it's sad i think a lot of good people are going to lose their farms this year because they're not going to be able to keep up i know the big guys have their cost per pound down to about 350 bucks indoor that's hard to compete if you're a mom and pop you can't do it it, it just there's it's you can't do it so he gets calls all day every day i hate my phone but yeah <laughs> i get stalked i swear to god i feel like i know what it's like to be female now and being stalked by something <laughs> people stalk that's me all the time <laughs> so i was saying the bell of the ball like any like when you go up to any like marijuana event now and you're a, a retail buyer you're the you know you're the you're the bell of the ball online everyone's like you know it was yeah. so funny at reggae fest i had my buddy jerry from the greenhouse come in and uh oh he was hiding like he had his collar up sunglasses on head down low because he didn't want everyone coming after him I mean, he's one of the only guys i know who does more business than me so uh he does really really good yeah yeah the market is crazy i go back to restaurants i always say this like i don't like i hate the prices this low it's terrible like it's not good for anybody they took me from a fine dining restaurant where i could actually make some money and turn me into a coney island because now instead of making a good price and a good product i'm forced to sell it for nothing and we have to have 40 stores and yeah and you have to have 40 stores to kind of make any money as a little guy it's uh yeah i don't know whose plan it was it's a bad plan but that just seems to be the way it's going so Jake, what's the what's the resolve here? You know, um, I brought this up to Director Brisbo um, not too long ago about the plant count situation, and um, he said essentially his hands are tied. The only way that we could ever adjust the plant counts for the licensing is to open up the the the, the law and and change the law. Which we know if we did that, that they would just completely murder the bill and and uh, and make even more problems than there are now. So so what's the resolve going forward? I, got I mean, I'm struggling with it. Unfortunately, we live in a political world. Everyone seems to be very green energy orientated. We know that growing marijuana is not environmentally friendly. Why are they giving away so many licenses? If they care about the green planet, why do we continue to give out licenses that use obscene amounts of energy, obscene amount of water, water runoff for ways like, yeah, in such a green world, I can't believe they, they want to take my gas in my car away, but we're gonna give away plant licenses for people to just eat up all the energy in the world. Doesn't make sense. I think that's the kind of avenue that the growers are really gonna to have to take if they wanna see some movement. Cause until you can make, you just have to make sense to them. If you're trying to win an argument and that's just the way I see it. Cause it is not environment. Our, our, we have the most non-environmentally friendly business in the world. All the packaging that we do, the plastic locks, the hard plastics, mylar, mylar, mylar bags. I mean, the regulations, I know they think they're doing good. But if we're living in a green world, it's really where we're not helping our planet. I mean, you live in Michigan. How many landfills? I drive all over Michigan. How many landfills there are here? There's not a lot of Why don't here. we solve that problem first before we start attacking? Don't bring your trash up north. It's, uh, <laughs> it's everywhere. But yeah, I really think you got to go over the the energy aspect. I mean, you guys get electric bills. You know what it costs. Uh, yeah, weed. I mean, my, I know it's my absurd. Weed, our farm costs, and it's not cheap, and we're small. I'd hate to see what the big, big farms cost to run for electric. And I'm sure Bay City, where we're at, our rates are better than Lansing's rates or Detroit's rates or anybody else's rates. So I would hate to see those big bills. And 
yeah, I mean, we want, we, we need competition. Competition is, is, is great, but we also need to have, there should be a cap at some point of like, look, you can't just give licenses out to everybody till the cows come home. There's only yeah. so many green zones in every county anyways, correct? You're just going to start right. straight up. You're going to build buildings that are six floors of fucking pot plants. Oops, sorry. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, know. this is. Okay. You can. Okay. This is an adult. This is an adult show. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> but I don't Within know, reason. Like, there's just too much product <laughs> out here. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Like, it's. It, it does. It. It just seems like they're taking people's money. It's unfortunate. I ain't got good roads and banger though, so I'm happy. Yeah. No, it's been a lot of a lot of money hitting that. You know, it's, it's really, uh, I sit here and I'm in, you know, in Lansing, but uh, uh, sharing a building in an office with, with a law firm and different, uh, and, I, and people email me ideas and plans all the time. And just the pro forma, as I looked at one two days ago, it was, they had it at 2,500, you know, 2,500 a pound was a pro forma. I'm like, you got to put that to 1,200 at most and you better be good mm-hmm. uh, just because you don't know, because unless you have a a brand that's out there established in Michigan, uh, maybe somewhere else in a plan that's going to get 16, 18, 100, 2,500. Like you said, it's, it's like lambs to the slaughter. You know, some people walk in and, you know, they might've been good at their other, their other, their, they are good at their other career and stuff, but it's, it's, uh, you know, some of these people, I give zero to 1% chances of, of making it. You never know. It's different than when, all of us, you know, jumped right into this. And, you know, now it's just so much on relationships, um, so much on relationships. That's the name of the game. So um, it's pretty, pretty wild stuff. Um, you know, let's talk about that expansion a little bit. Uh, um, Jake, what uh, what has that been like, you know, as far as you're managing a retail, but then you're trying to expand? Like, what are the the headaches you've been, you've uh, had to deal with and uh you know how how was that plan and you know i mentioned john mentioned he needed 40 so <laughs> no i mean we're, we're get, originally when i got into this i thought i was going to be good with five but with the way the market's going man I, literally i'm going to need five more stores i need 10 now um i just do and as far as growing dude it's been hell are you kidding me i'm lucky i love my job because if i didn't love my job i'd probably be jumping off a bridge um it's 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 hard nobody makes it easy on you you got to fight to get locations you got to fight to get licenses you got to fight to get employees you got to fight your competitors everybody wants i wake up fighting every day i'm not used to this i'm like i'm a pot smoker i sell weed i like to have fun and i feel like we just fight every day but it's okay we're we're fighting the good fight i mean we do represent the little guy and we do want to give people good weed at a fair price um but the expansion, it's its hard. All the inspections, all the hoops that make you jump through, the uh, audits, the financial reports, like they do not make it easy to be in this business at all. At all. So it just takes work. I tell everyone who wants to get into it, man, you really want to get into this? Because people are like, I know retail, I know this. It's like, now. you have no idea what you're getting into when you no. have to track every little thing. And, and, the, and the CRA, I mean, I'm glad they're doing it because you do need some sort of authoritative figure out there. But now it's three years into licensing and guess what they're doing? They're like health inspectors. They're coming into my kitchen and they're nitpicking every little thing. Whether uh, something's on the wrong shelf, whether doors left open, whether employees said or did something wrong, like they're really gonna start writing us up and they're really gonna start holding people accountable. Uh, I think it's a good thing, but it also sucks because it just makes their job hard. 
But I mean, we do everything right in the first place. But when you have over 100 employees, it is so hard to make sure every employee is doing their thing. Someone doesn't drop a couple grams of weed on the floor and they get kicked under. And then you're short and your metric gets short. Or, I mean, just people make human error and they don't leave you enough space for human error. But we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, just talk about it. You've got a great perspective because, um, you know, um, I don't know com completely uh, the relationship, uh, but as far as um, being vertical, but for the most part, you at first were just all retailer and talk about 280, if you want to mention 280E at all and how you guys deal with that and just when that goes away, like you can become a regular, and not only all the things you mentioned, you know, you can be a regular business. If it wasn't for 280E, I would be <laughs> No, you laugh, man. We sold, oh my God, millions of dollars a week. Right. And I had to give away all the money. Like, I would be rich right now. Like, it, it's, it's. I made more money doing my old jobs than I do doing this, but I like doing this. I, I, like I tell everybody in the world, I make, or I, I move a lot of money. I don't make any. I mean, I make a salary, I make a good living. Um, yeah, I'm not rich yet. I'm rich on paper, I guess. But, yeah. oh man, they, it, it, it's impossible. It's not meant for the little guy. That's why a lot of people are going to be going out of business. They're going to get hit with these tax bills and they're not going to know how to pay them. Um, it's a squeeze right now, man. It is a squeeze. It's not designed for us. It just isn't. And yeah, until somebody stands up and actually says this isn't fair, we just got to keep rolling with it. Because trust me, nobody wants to fight. Nobody wants, everyone just says we have to take it. We have to take it. We have to take it. But when 38 states have medical, and I think we're up to 18 with recreational, at some point you got to look at you letting us operate as a normal business. Yeah. Yes. We just need hey, criminalization, I, I, and then more people could use the product because their jobs would be protected, just like alcohol, correct, right? Yeah. We don't even need them to like technically legal legalize. No, just I don't want the feds taking my money anymore because they're just going to take their bigger cut of our pie. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. legal. I've heard everyone's just waiting. Philip Morris, they're not doing anything in cannabis right now. They'll burn they're just the waiting because as soon as it comes, they got enough money to come in and buy whatever the hell they want. They're running the red until um, they put us all out of business. All the pharmaceutical companies are <laughs> grandfathered in. Um, I mean, yeah, nobody knows. That's that's kind of the scary but fun part. I mean, yeah. if you know what was going to happen, it wouldn't be exciting. So I guess that's <laughs> what keeps us going every day. Yeah, Jake, I was going to say the federal thing's a double-edged sword, you know, like you said, uh, you know, Marlboro and those guys jumping in, them trying to, the Fed's trying to take more money for from us. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure it won't be done right. And I think that I have that uh, hesitation, just like I did when we were going through the rec stuff. As much as I helped collect signatures and donated money, when it actually came time to vote, I, I really sat in that booth for like 10 minutes going, should I really do this? Is this really going to be the right thing to do? Um, and and I and, and second guessing, it, you know, I don't know that it was, you know, I still don't, you know, um, I agree. it's a complicated situation. I share your frustration. I think all the small red tape things that you talk about, um, are what make it ultra difficult for um, the small guy to compete in a ultra co uh, competitive market. All the meantime, you know, uh, there's a lot of major violations occurring that aren't being addressed. I think that if they spent their time working on some of that stuff instead of the nitpicking of the the smaller guys, we'd we'd have a better industry as a whole. So um, I just wanted to say I share your frustration. No, there. that's cool. I mean, the way they, I mean, even the way they make us do it, you think we sell anthrax or plutonium? Like, I swear to God, all these locked doors, cameras behind glass, can't touch. This person has to sign in, walk through. It's like, oh man, we still just saw a plant at the end of the day, man. No one's going to get sick by touching it, okay? Like, yeah, it's uh, hopefully over time. We can only just hope.
I don't know if I ever heard of anybody getting really sick from smoking weed from any of their black market weed dealers. I get day. it, man. They didn't, but you need some sort of rules and regulations. I so I, I mean, don't I want the ego twenty all over it. So but yeah, now that's uh, you know, it is a double edged sword. You know, I, I really hope they would just. You know, I don't feel like Biden's going to do anything, but like, could at least, you know, hey, give us, give us safe banking act, uh, yeah. concentrate on, concentrate good. on terrorism because right now the banks have to go through much, so much with the FinCEN oh. setup, and you know, they're they're more worried about marijuana people that they're collecting taxes on and spending that time than could be used, uh, you know, whatever terrorism, you know, cartels, whatever, whatever we could. So it just doesn't make make sense give us that and get us some decrim like john said quit button quit like kicking people out of their their job yes. uh, you know like if you show up blasted and high that's one thing but yeah. like obviously we smoke at you night you can go to work you're gonna get day. sent home too it's no different right. but why are people afraid why are especially michigan like government officials cannot consume marijuana because they're no. a government job so they have that federal bs that hangs over their head I, I know so many people that work in the health fields and all that would use cannabis, but they can't because they get that random drop and they lose that job after 10, 15, 20 years. It's just not worth their livelihood yet. And yeah. you just need that step to be made. And then that will allow the floodgates to open and decongest this surplus in the market we have. Because there are tons of people waiting to use, but they can't because they're being held back because of the job. And that safe banking act, that's kind of scary too, because they attached it to the defense bill for a minute there. And people yeah. thought it was going to come through. And then all these people with all this money came into Michigan. I talked to like three different groups who were trying to evaluate me and put together stock IPOs and their multipliers <laughs> from when they go public. Like that's coming too. So, yep. yeah. John, talk to me about uh, Bullet Buds. I want to pivot for, for just a second. Talk to me about the, the strains you guys are growing and, and uh, what's going on over there. Uh, so I, I have about 60 cultivators under my uh, facility. Uh, they vary from some really old school stuff. Like I have the original blueberry uh, from like 90s. Uh, my dad, cause he's grown pot. Uh, he's very heavy into the weed industry for a lot of years. Uh, <laughs> so we have a lot of old stuff. Uh, I can run through them all, but it, it varies. Uh, we try to run a rotation, so that's why me and Jake kind of got tied up over there. I'm always bringing in new genetics. Um, I get all my genetics from caregivers because I believe a caregiver is the guy who's going to take the time to pheno hunt. He's going to be the guy who's going to make sure that that plant he's growing is the best plant that he's found. So therefore, I get uh, it saves me a lot of, of trials and tribulations that I don't have the space for in my little facility, and that's where I get all my genetics from. And then uh, we rotate. We try to rotate every quarter. We try to bring in 12 to 15 strains. So that way in Sticky's facilities, they always have fresh flower. It's not the same 10 strains all the time. And that allows us to be, I mean, agile, right? I mean, we are able to, I'm able to be able to provide a whole bunch of variety for him. Um, our shake, we, when we trim, we turn all the shake off of our flower into pre-rolls that we use for promotions and stuff and whatnot but we're very uh we're very nimble with with the size so i'm able to do and move and shake real quick if what we do here uh all my all my watering systems are automated so my first building i didn't have full control of building at all i had a master grower that my dad had hired he quit on us like 
uh, six months before completion of the building because he told our electricians to wire a bunch of stuff wrong. We came down on him and that was that. Uh, so we, I got handed a building that was half done, half not. So I said automatic watering system like everybody does in the flower room, everything's automatic. But our bedroom upstairs in our small facility, our thousand plant is all hand watered. So we hand water every day up there, uh, all the plants because, and we grow in Rockwell. We don't grow in cocoa. We just use straight Rockwell. Uh, I grow in four inch cubes uh, in my flower room, which is people think is absolutely ridiculous because the size of a plant I grow out of it. But I grow in a four inch cube and I get anywhere from a four to seven foot plant when it's finished, depending on the strain. Uh, and then in my new building, I just finished building out, uh, we, Everything's automated. So I do flood to drain tables in my bedroom. Uh, that facility, the bedroom will hold about 800 plants to a thousand plants. And then that room feeds two large flower rooms that each hold between four and 500 plants. Uh, I don't have individual flower rooms. So Ryan, Ryan's been in there, Jake's been in there. I grow everything because plants talk to each other. I know people think that's crazy. Uh, but plants, there's companion plants and stuff and specific strains grow better next to other strains. I've seen it. So all my plants grow in the same flower room. So the downfall and everybody will say this is, well, if you have an outbreak of something, well then you're, yes, of course, but you run a clean facility and you keep everything proper. You don't have outbreaks of anything. So we, we practice because we have such small staff. Uh, I, I, I spray all the IPM. I do all the metric. I mix everything. Um, my right-hand man, Sean, does all the nutrients. He takes care of the bedroom. Uh, we both come in on Saturday and Sundays and water together every morning. Uh, and that's what we do. And then I have a few people. Uh, I've got a couple other guys that are like my trimmers. They do trimming. They do bagging. Jake has a couple people he sends up from his crew to help me package weed when we need to package the flower before it goes out. Uh, but other than that, that's how we, we do it up here. And it keeps it really, it keeps it good, simple. I don't have to worry if there's not a lot of chefs, as chef Jake would say, um, there's not a lot of chefs in the kitchen to fuck everything up. So our consistency is always consistent. I mean, I periodically, like anybody might fail for mold and yeast on a specific strain, but normally I, run everything that I've ever sold in the market has been medical flour that's been converted over to AU. We have yet to grow an AU plant and we've been AU licensed for two years. So last year's AU flour, everything that's in, in AU that's bullet buds is tested at medical standards and flipped to AU. So I will never have a, I should never have a problem, fingers crossed, in passing AU standard mold and yeast levels. So. Uh, but that's what we do, and it's, I, have, I, have, I have the same belief that Jake has. I believe in providing good flour at a very affordable price, and that's why we cleaned up so early because what we sell my flour for ten dollars a gram. Yep, it's ten dollars a gram. We run everything. We run as we, we try to. I mean, I just I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, man. I look at alcohol. Okay, you got we have five dollar grams. We have ten dollar grams. People pay five bucks for Bud Light. They'll pay ten bucks for Bells. Why? Because it's commercial and it's crap, and it's much. And better. that's what we're really trying to just educate. Because I mean, we all know that because we've all been smoking weed forever. But 60, 70 percent of my customers are newbies now because weed's so new, and they want to try it again, and they want to see it again. So you you really have to tell them why it's ten bucks and explain it to them. And and John came with this great deal. We started doing a flight 
it's it's four grams for 25 bucks you get two five dollar grams and two ten dollar grams so you taste the difference write that down so yeah (laughs) no it's really it was john's place that he came up with and you know the thing that got me so attracted to john in the beginning was just he kind of understood farming i mean i farm vegetables and shit but when you start farming plants it's the same thing and just being a weed smoker you can't smoke the same strain man like it's just not gonna you plateau we all know that you keep smoking the same thing you plateau you need that variety so it's good because it'll give me his blueberry strain you know in the spring he'll grow it for a couple turns and then guess what two months later it's gone and it's not back until next year and then that kind of creates a want and people want what they can't have right now so yeah. I don't know. It, it really is about the perpetual farming and just and keeping. You can't grow the same strains. The guys that are out there just growing all the same strains at the same time. It's like I can't have that on my shelf because then my people come in. That what's the new flower? What's the new this? People are people. Um, they want new. They want variety. They can come in and get a different. It's like Baskin and Robbins, thirty-one flavors, yeah. baby. Like they did well <laughs> because why? Because you could get your, you could get something different every day if you wanted. It's a there. Great analogy. That's, That's a good how one. it That's is. Good Thirty-one one. days. That's, you know, that's a great, uh, listen to you talk, John, you made it, make it sound so simple, but obviously, uh, um, you know, like, if it only was, I know, I know, but what, what they can't duplicate is, uh, what a company coming in can't duplicate is you guys own the land. um, Yeah. We have yourself. I mean, we have yourself and John, I mean, yourself and Sean. Yeah. Yeah. You can't duplicate you guys. You got, yeah, we're, we're, we're at, but yeah, we, we do the work of a lot of people and it's just because we've worked together a long time and we're efficient. Yeah. Like it's just how it works out. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I'm gonna have to probably well, hire a couple more people though once we start really pulling plants <laughs> out of the other building, but we'll see. I'm, he, he says he can do the work and I said, you do the work, I'll pay you for the work. So we'll see what happens. Awesome, awesome. Man, well that's, uh, shoot, we're almost up to 40 minutes. It's uh, went by super fast. Usually it's just about 30, uh, but it's uh, it's been it's good. We'll have to have you guys back on together again and give us an update maybe uh, maybe uh, in the fall and uh, say what's going on there because I'm, yeah, 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 it's, it's going to get wild. It's going to get wild. I think, I think you're going to see a lot of consolidation, a lot of mergers. I think the big guys are going to be buying people up. I think the big guys will be joining forces. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think yeah. you're seeing the first big purge of the market. This market's three years in, like three years of its maturity. Like you're, you're seeing the first purge of any industry. Like you're gonna the, the low hanging fruit at this point is gonna get picked, and unfortunately, it's not gonna grow back. So, yep, that's what I've been Whether telling that's people. Whether should be okay, I hope. Yeah, that's why I'm telling people is uh, you know winter is coming and it's gonna be the great purge and gear up, get everything as tight as you can get right now and relationships and. See whoever makes it through this one, uh, you know, has got a good shot to keep going. So, man, thanks, uh, thanks for that. I'm gonna let uh, Kevin say uh, goodbye real quick and get some final thoughts from you guys, and uh, we'll we'll call it a show. Kevin. Hey, John, it's nice to have, have met you and, and heard about your company, Bullet Buds. It sounds thanks, like Kevin. you guys are doing some really uh, really cool things up there, and uh, I wish you guys all the best. And uh, and Jake, it's all, always great to have you on the show and to hear your insight into the market. You're a wealth of knowledge and and it's always nice to hear what you got to say. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys continue to have great success with the uh, the festivals you guys are putting on. Um, I watched some of the YouTube video of, uh, of, of the event, this the Reggae Fest, and I thought that was really cool. Sorry, I couldn't make it out, but hope to uh, to make it out to one of those here soon. So, uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. And, uh, Jake, I wish you the best, too. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. You guys got any uh, final thoughts for the for the viewers? 
Final thoughts. Um, Come to Bay Area Meds and buy marijuana. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Weed's still weed. Everyone's got to remember that. It should be fun. Everyone's got to go back. And everyone's so worried about the money and taking over and being the best. It's like, come on, man. We used to just all sell on corners and have fun. I can't. I mean, we, we shouldn't take the fun out of what we, we all we used to, When I met you, Ryan, what did yeah. I say? We're all in this together, yeah. right, man? Well, we used to be all in this together. It seems like there's been sides drawn in the sand now, unfortunately. No, nah, I mean, even the other dispensaries that come to the restaurant business, we want to be friends. Why can't we all be friends? It'd be fun. Yeah. I'd be friends with the other dispensaries. Do something like a dispensary week and everyone put their best item on sale to bring everybody into your city and community. I mean, we're sweet. not inventing the wheel here. Like, if we looked at restaurants and the liquor business and everything, it's like we fall right in that category. So, it's be except it's cooler because we're growing cool plants and people like stoners better than they like drunks. So, let's have some fun. <laughs> I love it. Never an angry stoner. No. no Sleepy stoner. I love it. Never angry stoners. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's what I hear. Like the new term that I hear weed companies using is bespoke and they're trying to make weed seem like it's some fancy, you know, like the fancy say, thing. Ryan, say that again. We had a semi drive by. Uh, bespoke. Bespoke. Oh my God. <laughs> so like, fancy. yeah, no, it's just, I was going to tell me, it's just weed. We got a new brand coming out of Redemption. That's, uh, it's having a lot of fun. I'm going to be, can't announce it yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, it's all about not taking yourself seriously. So, uh, that's it's, like it's going to be, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, guys, uh, great to have you back on. It's great to have uh, to hear the thoughts and you know to the little guys uh, working working together and uh, doing well and uh, I know you guys will be doing just fine and uh, when we talk to you here in about three or four months and during Croptober so um, thanks again and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Awesome man, thanks, thanks everyone. Guys. The Smoking Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncana.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.